The Green Solution has 18 locations in Colorado, and it is the place in Colorado to get your marijuana, edibles, concentrates, and more. Whatever it is, you name it. Download the app or go to mygreensolution.com and use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Let's jump into a big show. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. You know the code. It's DNVR20. It's going to get you 20% off. It's going to get you caffeinated. It's going to get you CBDified. And it's going to get you feeling right. So make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee today. And boys, we have a caffeinated podcast today. Not because of us, but because of all the things we got to get to. And not to mention a truckload full of comments. So... Let's jump right into it as we have had a big day in Denver Broncos mm, world, I guess. I didn't want to say the the, uh, the bad word. Let's just say Broncos country. Yeah, there we go. It. There we go. <laughs> big day in Broncos country. Zach, I'll start with you. What is your biggest, biggest takeaway from the last 24 hours? He said it. He said it. John Elway endorsed Drew lock he said where we sit right now there is no question that drew is the guy that we're looking to and then he went on and just continued to give that type of love and uh, and credit to drew lock about where he is with this franchise moving forward guys feels like it's been much longer than a month and a half since john always been very lukewarm on drew but not anymore finally Finally, it happened. Um, I will say, like, it wasn't a hundred percent convincing. It was like ninety-nine percent convincing. And the one percent, actually, it didn't come for me. It didn't come from either the press conference or the Q and A with local media that took place after. The one percent was when he sat down with Nine News, which part of the gauntlet that he did because they're paying money. And said and was asked about Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and Elway said, "Quote, uh, yeah, we, where we were sure that they would go hard after them, and this year, quote, you never say never, but we're excited about Drew. Drew is our plan. You know I wish he wouldn't say never, say never. Just say Drew is our plan. That's Mace, it. You know what is so funny? You missed it too, because I missed it. Yeah, I caught it. He." didn't just say that to Nine News. He said it in the press conference with us. It was that low-key, but it really is that big time. And it's 1% right now, but if this goes through, and I'll touch on it in a second, if this goes through, I mean, that 1% turns into the biggest deal in Broncos country since Peyton Manning. And what I'm talking about is John was asked in the press conference, and somehow I, I didn't hear it. He said, asked about Tom Brady, if he would talk to him. And he said, we'd always talk to him 
if he becomes a free agent. And then he went on to say, but I think we're happy with what we have with Drew. So there is there is one thing that will make Drew Locke not the guy for the Broncos. And if it's if it's a it's if Tom Brady hits free agency, John Elway's going to talk to him. Why? <laughs> I, I just I just I, I look, and I'm the one who says, okay, it's give Drew Locke this year and then we'll see. I'm not saying yet that he's the long-term guy I want this year to find out but what's wrong with just saying he's our guy for 2020 that's it going we're moving forward nothing else how has John Elway had success as a general manager by bringing in a hall of fame quarterback at the end of his career now I'm not saying Tom Brady has as much left in the tank as Peyton Manning Mm. but that's how John Elway's been successful how has he not been successful well, drafting quarterbacks, that hasn't worked for him. Again, I'm not saying that Drew Locke is Paxton Lynch by any means. I'm just trying to I'm trying to understand why John would do this, and I think that's why. John brings in Tom Brady, and then in his mind, he may say, well, if this doesn't work out, it's not on me. I just landed the greatest quarterback of all time. I can't wait to see the comments <laughs> to this t- tomorrow. <laughs> It's interesting to it's interesting to me though because uh John Elway said that he hopes that Tom Brady stays with the Patriots. Which is then weird to follow up with that. I think what he's I don't know. I, I could go a bunch of different ways in this. I think he wants it to be easy for him that Tom Brady doesn't hit the market, re-signs with the Patriots, and that's it. Drew's our guy, boom, done. Let's move forward in twenty twenty. I think you're right. I think it's easy yeah. for him. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want the moral dilemma of do I go after quite arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. But he's not the greatest quarterback right now. In fact, he might not even be as good as Drew Locke right now. And this is this is why I've, you know, said Tom Brady over and over again is because I always said this was a move I could absolutely see John Elway doing, and today he confirmed that. But this is so far-fetched that I don't really want to go too far down this rabbit hole. Why? Why is it so far-fetched? Because I think Tom Brady is staying in New England. I think if he left New England, he wouldn't come to Denver. But John Elway would call him. Yes. Yeah. And But I'm, what I'm saying is I want to focus more on the fact that John Elway finally did say Drew Locke is the guy. Well, and that's mm-hmm. what I started yeah. with. Yeah. Right. Just, just to make that clear, I didn't say that Tom Brady was the oh, number one. Oh, no, no, not at all. I just mean, like, to me, that's the more notable thing for the 2020 Broncos is John finally said it. They are going forward with Drew. We talked to uh, a source last night who said John absolutely loves Drew. They get along great. Uh, and so to me – that's the biggest thing from today is John. Well, yes, he's going to have a little bit of temptation if Tom Brady comes out on the market, which you can't really blame him for. Other than that, he said today that he uh, it's it's kind of a relief or it's a lot more fun to be here when you're not looking for a quarterback. And he mm-hmm. said, now we're on to the fun part, which is building around Drew and everything and, and that he, yeah. excites me. And I, I'm glad you said building around Drew because he came back to that point a few times that they're building around him that the offense is going to be built to Drew Locke's strengths. So aside from that 1%, everything is about what can be done to get Drew Locke to be a successful quarterback. What are the things that we can surround him with team-wise to make him successful? And that's something we can 
debate those for the next couple of weeks, quite frankly, the directions in which the Broncos could go on, especially on the offensive side to help Drew Locke, because certainly let's start with the offensive line, for example, not exactly any kind of full-throated endorsement of the offensive line other than Dalton Reisner at left guard from from Vic Fangio in particular. How would you guys feel if I told you I thought you guys were, were just okay? You guys are just okay. Um, I would be insulted by that. Like Brandon asks me, how do you how do you think your teammates are? They're just okay. Well, I'd be I'd be like, what the hell is wrong? What can I do better? Well, that's what <laughs> that's what Vic Fangio said today of the offensive line. They were just okay. And as he referenced the commercial, just okay is not okay. I love those commercials, by the way. Like the the best one is when the doctor comes through the door and's like. Guess who just got reinstated? <laughs> you nervous? Yeah, me too. You Don't worry. Be. We'll figure it out. <laughs> the only problem is they sort of run out of ideas, and now they're going more extreme. Like, that, like that's not just okay. Like, that's no. terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, the offensive line it was brought up today, and interestingly enough, it was brought up to us last night uh, from an NFL source we were talking to who – essentially said the Broncos need to replace three of their five positions on the line um, at the very, you yeah, know, at the very least. And you better hope the other one's healthy. That, yeah, because the fourth one was referring to Juwan James. If he's, and the point was made, and uh, we've talked about this, and it even came up last night as well, the best half of football for the team came with Juwan James at right tackle against Houston. And while a lot can be said for Drew Locke and what he did that day, it's not a coincidence. And it's interesting that others notice that. There's a lot of things that we talked to with people last night that were things that we have said on this podcast before, but it's kind of nice to hear it from people who are inside the league to say things like, it's no coincidence that that first half against Houston, Jawan James was in there. To say things like, Garrett Bowles is a <laughs> massive problem for the offense. <laughs> to say things like, the Broncos need to upgrade the second running back. Little things that we – and those were all things that we heard. And those are little things that we've talked about a lot. But like I said, it, it, we can never get that from someone on the podium. Mm-hmm. And it is nice to hear people who work inside the NFL say the things that we say on this podcast all the time. Speaking of Garrett Bowles, his uh, fifth-year option won't be picked up until after the draft, which is about – Won't uh, be considered until after the draft. Right, right. They won't decide on that until after the draft, which pretty much tells you where they are. Yeah. If they can get a tackle in free agency or the draft, they're going to look that direction. And if it doesn't work out, then they'll consider the fifth-year option. And it doesn't have to be an immediate plug-and-play starter. It could be somebody you're talking about that's picked in the third round that they look at and say, okay, if we want this player to develop and we're handing him the reins in 2020. So it doesn't have to be the Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills discussion in round ones. It, it could be uh, Prince Tega Winogu from Auburn slipping into round three, and you pick him and say, okay, he might not be starting in 2020, but we want him to start in 2021. And that's why Elway's keeping that open as long as possible. It's, it's the wise play for him to make here. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not fun for Garrett Bowles. But, I mean, that type of stuff is earned. I just mean in the sense of um, what if you were to tell your girlfriend. Drink. I'm going to. (laughs) 
Um, or, or don't drink. There's I, a lot of that. I think also. I want to date you, but I'm going to wait a couple months to fully decide if I want to continue dating you. You don't get that much time on The Bachelor, do you? No, you don't. And speaking of The Bachelor, we got Mace. <laughs> we tried to get Mace to watch it. He fell asleep for about the first 20 minutes. It took there, him about five minutes to fall asleep. And, and then, there were snores. Yep. That. yep we got a, a I'm few, sorry. <laughs> a few snores. But then he awoke and rose back and watched the rest of the episode. And he was intrigued when we started to watch last night's episode as well. He almost wouldn't let us leave to go to dinner. He was so <laughs> enthralled. Yeah, it was like St. Elmo's The Bachelor, man. Tough, tough choice. <laughs> I struggled with that one. And by the way, Zach and I both had our very first shrimp cocktail experience at St. Elmo's. Mm. And folks, if you think you've had shrimp cocktail before and you're like, what's so special about that? This is absolutely nothing like that. No, it isn't. It's uh, it's feel the burn, and I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders or another medical issue you may be having. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about the horseradish that is in here. It's like horseradish to the extreme. It's I, so they call it spicy, and I was saying this today. That is not correct. We need to come up with a new term for the sensation of horseradish or wasabi that burns the nostrils, that isn't spicy. It's something else, but you guys know what I'm talking about. When you eat it, it feels like you're uh, like sniffing ammonia. It, it, I feel like a sound incorporates it better than like a word. A, and the, I don't know what that sound the would The sound of your... The sound si- of... The sound like, of, <laughs> of air going through once clogged sinuses. It, if you've got a cold, you have this... It will clear you out because I, I walked in with a cold last night and I'm still dealing with that. But when I had that horseradish infused cocktail sauce, it cleared everything up for about an hour. No one warned me for the sinus thing that was coming my way. So I just <laughs> had my first bite and it was it just it was intense. But I love intense things in food. So I really enjoyed it. It's an to experience. Be honest, I would eat it again tonight for sure. It's an experience, and it's part and it's part of the Indian Indianapolis culture. And so, you haven't really covered a combine until you've had a, a Saint Elmo's shrimp cocktail. Now you gentlemen have. Yeah, you are combine pros. It Congratulations, is, you're it in the club. It is true. They say you you haven't lived until you eat shrimp in Indianapolis, right? Where it's yeah. the best shrimp in the world. Yeah, it's what you think of, right? Fresh shrimp in <laughs> Central Indiana. Yeah, there's fresh shrimp swimming in all the puddles on the streets that are caused from all the rain that's going around. Does here. the sun shine here? Do we can we confirm that? I haven't even seen can the top of a building me? yet. That's true. Yeah, because of the clouds. Also, there's a thing that never happens in Denver going on where there's just a constant mist. Falling from the sky? Yep. It's very odd. Like, it's not raining, but it's not not raining. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really cool for 48 hours. I mean, I don't mind it at, at, at all. I don't know if I could live in that. My wife, actually, she lived in Wisconsin for the first, like, 28 years of her life. And she doesn't miss this sort of weather. The, the thing that always got to her about mid midwest living was how in the winter the clouds would just kind of come and settle in and you'd have gray day after gray day after gray day she doesn't miss this kind of weather no she doesn't (laughs) and that's really really good Uh, this is why people move from 
Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. This is why they come to Denver and Phoenix and California and Florida. It's to escape weather like this. Well, in case our listeners missed anything from the press conferences today, what about from the players? Did you hear anything from a player that especially caught your ear? Well, that was one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Speak of the devil, he's on the TV right now. Um, Do we go there? Yeah, we can go there. Um, Go for it. The thing that just caught my attention, I'll probably remember the most from this combine from a player, is Jerry Judy is wearing a... uh, Star of David. A Star of David, but like a blinged out one. And right when he gets on the podium, he adjusts it. And I thought he was going to tuck it away, put it away. I wasn't going to think twice of it. But what he did was he made it. So it was the only thing showing, really showing it off. And he was asked about, why is he wearing a a Star of David? And he said, well, a lot of people shorten my name and and call me Jew. And uh, (laughs) so I wear the Star of David because of that. Actually, he said the Jewish star, which is like saying the Christian T. (laughs) 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 <laughs> for the cross right yes <laughs> christian t oh i love that and uh and he says but i'm not jewish though <laughs> you got a good laugh i will say it seems as if uh most of the jewish contingent of media here enjoyed it got Accepted a good laugh him. out of it yeah. thought it so. was thought it was funny um but then i saw he had to like apologize on twitter which made me sad although it didn't surprise me uh, just well, knowing be- what we know about 2020. Because all the nuance gets lost for people who just read it on Twitter and read it and, and see it in the print in the written form rather than if you actually heard it. I think if if you if you heard it, then you'd feel a lot differently about it. I think it was all in. I just very lighthearted. I just wish very lighthearted. I just wish fun. people would think like what what the what an actual bad thing would be here. An actual bad thing was would be him saying, like, don't call me Jew. That's an insult. You know what I mean? Yes. Right. But instead, he's embracing it and then right. goes and gets the chain. That's odd. I think that's right. cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's cool. And Jerry Judy seems like seems like a good guy. He has yes. good intentions. A little bit dull, uh, potentially. Why would you say that? I just I, – I, I, he had me for about two minutes before I left. Yeah. Not everyone can be lively and telling – jokes up there i mean most most guys are just first of all they don't want to make waves second of all you know it if you're a player now jerry judy has had some big press conferences certainly because he's uh, been around some national championship type of games and of course he's at alabama but a lot of these guys haven't stared down a media phalanx like they did today and like they will over the next three days phalanx 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 P-H-A-L-A-N-X. I would have gone with an F, so I'm happy you spelled that for me. Thank you. Um, I'm here. I'm I here just, for you. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. He is an absolute um, baller on the field. He clearly, very clearly, understands the uh, nuance of being a wide receiver, and he is a genius when it comes to running routes. So mm-hmm. the rest of it is really secondary to me. Right. Did you guys hear anything? that caught your attention outside of John and Vic? Well, I'll self-promote here for a second. And I spoke with LaVisca Chenault, a.k.a. my guy, uh, about his experience, which not a lot of people knew about. um, But he sat next to Kobe and Gianna Bryant 
at their very last Lakers game together. Tragically, their last Lakers game. Um, but no one had talked to him about this. And uh, I got the opportunity once he got off the podium to speak with him off to the side. And he shared with me the experience. Unfortunately, there was an annoying handler trying to pull him away. So I didn't get to speak with him for too, too long. But I did get enough to get a, the gist of how that uh, that night went for him and what he took away from it. And uh, it was really special. So that will be the first thing I took away was uh, that's, that story, which you can read on ddnvr.com. And it's free. Uh, so if you, you know, haven't been able to get behind the paywall and you want to see what, you know, a story looks like on the website, you want to check that one out, please do. Um, that's what stuck out the most to me. Yeah. And you got to go in, read that story, Ryan. Good job getting that, uh, that angle. Uh, Mace, anything outside of Vic and John that caught your attention? Well, I really enjoyed talking to Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, who of course, uh, your been, guy, my guy, I've been talking about him since the senior bowl. And it, it was, it was fascinating. I was surprised that there were only two people there for a good chunk of that myself and, uh, uh Mike Tanier. And then, uh, Mike left and it was just Antonio and I one-on-one and we were talking about sort of how the game is evolving, that you have these, these players that are increasing in, in prominence around the league that aren't really classifiable. Is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? Well, he was, a running back down at the senior bowl and he's working with the wide receivers here. He wasn't too bothered by that. Um, but it was interesting to kind of just kind of un- peel back some of the layers on him and how he understands that this is the perfect time for him to come into the NFL, that there is a player. He, he said a player of, of, of my skill set. there's never been a better opportunity because offenses are figuring out how to use players like him. So I like the fact that he's got a grasp on sort of where he fits in as far as the evolution of the game. I thought he was a a really, really self-aware player, um, really smart as well, really, really high football IQ. He could, he just rattled, like you asked for comps and he rattled off like 12 guys. Just off the top of his head, he's clearly study. He's clearly studied football at the next level. Seems just ready to go physically, ready to go mentally. Very impressed with him. Well, if, if Mace says he's smart, he must be really smart. It was and an so, enjoyable conversation. So we just talked we about had. three guys, all wide receivers, and I'm going to bring this back to what Vic or I know he Antonio Gibson's a, is a hybrid, but can can be a wide receiver. He might be a unicorn. Um, is is that a wide receiver? Are unicorns? receivers they needed to make a new position just called unicorn <laughs> or well, that's the position lavisco is going to play too oh, oh yeah it may be a, a ub ultra back or unicorn back yep and jerry judy could potentially be that too uh he's a little more of a receiver but to bring this back to to what vic and john said vic said something very interesting when talking about the depth of this class he talked about how some people say that there's depth at a position and in reality it's six or seven deep but once there's a, a run on that position it that depth is depleted really quick and he said that's not depth and he said but this wide receiver group is different he yeah. said because you can get a guy that you really like in many different rounds in the draft and so to me that says it it, it does certainly doesn't eliminate wide receiver in the first round 
But that tells me, okay, I think there there's way more of a possibility that the Broncos understand that they don't need a receiver in the first round because they can get a really good one in the second, third, and fourth. Yeah, it also tells me that even if they draft a receiver in round one, they're not done. Yeah. And it's possible they could go receiver one, receiver in the third round, and they may still not be done. They could be seeing a guy that they like in the sixth round on day three and saying, okay, fine, we'll take a third receiver this year. That this is that if they can get enough items on their checklist checked off in free agency, that they have the freedom to do something that may seem absurd on the surface, like take three wide receivers over the course of a draft, but this year it might make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that if someone asked us today to guess what the Broncos' first round pick would be, we would all say the same thing. And what's that? Why don't we say it on three? One, two, three. Tackle. Offensive line. Okay. What did you say? <laughs> I said wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. I was wrong. That's okay. It's, I've been wrong before. Once. Because I think with tackle, I think with Five tackle, they're ago. looking developmental tackle. Oh, see. So, so you think even after Vic said there's, there's guys in every round, you still think wide receiver. I'm still thinking wide receiver because that means they're there in round, round one, but then they're, then another needs going to be filled in round three because Speed receiver is the top item on the shopping list, but if you're not happy with Deshaun Hamilton, and uh, I'm not sure that uh, everybody's really sold on Deshaun Hamilton right now going into this offseason, you got to find a slot receiver too. And that's where you get into the, you know, the KJ Hill conversation. He talked today. I want to actually have a chance to listen to that interview because I was. I was recording one and then talking to somebody else, you know, multi <laughs> multitasking Mace at this thing. But he seemed like he was charming the audience mm. when I walked by. Well, and why I go offensive line, and yeah, I would have said specifically tackle as well, Ryan, was because not that Garrett Bowles had a great endorsement at the end of the season by any means. I mean, both Vic and John said uh, he's available. It, that just seemed like a better endorsement than I was really expecting. But I feel like today the uh, endorsement went the opposite way that Drew Locke's endorsement went. It was, if there was anything there, it was pulled back. And uh, that, to me, I think once they took a step back from it, got the evaluation. I think if Munchak said after the season, after they did the their evaluation, you know what, I really like what Garrett Bowles did the last five games of the season – especially with Drew Locke, I, I can work with him, and we saw that glimpse. I think they would have had a different tone today. I don't think that Garrett Bowles got that endorsement. Yeah, and that's the right thing in the end. Like I said, we talked to um, a source last night who had the same sort of things to say. It's just that the Broncos can't aren't going to be a great offense with, with Garrett Bowles at left tackle. And uh, it one thing that I think – people don't realize and it, it's probably good for Garrett Bowles is it's not just about the holds or giving up sacks it's about an offense having to design things to protect him um, we've heard it before that you know Dalton Reisner had to help him all the time as a rookie as a rookie uh, you got a rookie out there telling Garrett Bowles what to do on a play when he's you know in his third year in the league so it's not just the holds and stuff it's the fact that you're trying to avoid him 
honestly. You're trying to avoid putting him into uncomfortable positions throughout the game, and that limits you as an offense. You're scheming around him at times. Yeah. Not as much outside zone and as you And when you're might not, run. you're holding run. your breath. Right. And it's limiting what you can, what the spectrum of what you can do offensively if you're trying to cover up for a guy. So that, to me, makes me think the Broncos are going to aggressively attack the tackle position. But I think the, the beauty for them is that if the top three tackles are off the board, they can go and get a top three receiver instead. And, the top, and even if it's the fourth receiver, which I doubt it would be at that point, but you know, you're going to get a better receiver than you probably would tackle at that point, and then you can figure it out from there. And it's, it's, it's also interesting – Tackle is not the only need here because Connor McGovern, Elway said he's going to talk to him, so he's not shutting the door on Connor McGovern coming back. But Ron Leary, the door is being shut on him. They're not picking up his option. He's not going to be back as a Bronco. Vic Fangio talked about some of the guys that filled in last year, Elijah Wilkinson, uh, Patrick Morris, Austin Schlopman. And he was optimistic, but he said they could be starting caliber, but they also could be you know steady backup caliber, which is fine. But interior offensive line looks like it's a need, aside from what you've got plugged in at left guard right now in Dalton Reisner. So, guys, it wouldn't at all surprise me if you get to the draft and maybe they don't get tackle in round one. Maybe they do go receiver, but maybe that second-round pick is a plug-and-play starter on the interior offensive line, and then you're going tackle in round three, looking for the type of tackle that you can develop and incubate for a year, let Bowles and Jawan James, knock on wood, they stay healthy, play out the year, and then you're handing the baton to that young tackle in 2021. Yeah, or what about tackle first round, starter, interior offensive line, second round, starting wide receiver, in the third round, I mean, th- those are all options uh, that if, that exist there. If there's not a run on wide receivers early, then there's a chance you're going to get a second-round caliber wide receiver in round three. But something to kind of watch out for, and Vic Fangio kind of mentioned this, is that you know when that run comes, maybe just because you you know you say okay they're going to drop, but maybe the guys that you think are going to drop don't drop. So you may still have to pick a wide receiver early knowing that when the second round comes, that complement of receivers may not look like anything like you hope it was. They're making the right call by not picking up Ron Leary's option. I mean, just with the injuries he's had and also when he was there, he held just nearly just as much as Garrett Bowles last year on a per-game basis, actually potentially even more. So they're making the right call, but boy, guys, I don't like just weakening the offensive line even more. So it's the right call, but to me, it's just an eye-opener that, holy cow, there needs to be two or three significant moves on the offensive line this offseason. And and you already have big investments there. You have a first-round pick on the left side. You have the second-highest-paid right tackle on the right side. You have a second-round pick at left guard. You you have to make two or three more moves. And one of them might be a free agent. Yes, at, including that. Yeah. Are you in? Are, are you in the Joe Thune, Brandon Scherf conversation? Yes, Personally, I think you should be. I think you have no choice but to get a offensive lineman in free agency. You can't wait till the draft to try to fill two or three holes. Exactly. You you just will fail. You can try. You will fail. You're not going to get three starting caliber offensive linemen in one draft. You're lucky to get one. So 
personally, I think you're going to have to attack free agency very uh, aggressively when it comes to the to the um, the market. And maybe you don't want to pay for a tackle, which I understand, uh, especially since you've already paid for one. But then maybe you, you got to get a guard. And maybe you are cool with Patrick Morris at center. Uh, but if you're not, then you need to get a center too. I think it's potentially a situation where they're cool with Patrick Morris if they have to, but they would like a Cushenberry or Biotish or Ruiz to be on the board for them in round two. How do you feel about Dalton Reisner as your left guard, Patrick Morris as your center, and Elijah Wilkinson as your right guard? Awful. Scared as hell. Completely agree with both. How do you feel just changing one piece, although it's expensive, let's say $12 million a year, about Dalton Reisner at left guard, Patrick Morris at center, and Thune at right guard? Much better. Yeah. I, I, you, you can convince yourself that those three could end up being great. Now, you don't even have to convince yourself to, to say that two of them will be good, and that's a $12 million investment, but right there— you kind of just, at least for a year, short up the middle of that offensive line. Now, in the draft, you only need one tackle. But that's spending $12 million but, on but guard, potentially. But that's not a need that you need someone right away. That can be tackle who can start for you in a year, but can sit on the bench. Remember when the Broncos took George Foster back in 2003? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> They took Foster in the first round, and they sat him. They let him develop as a rookie, and he didn't play until a throwaway game at the end of the season. He was inactive most of the year, and then became a starter in year two. And oh, today, that was the guy they drafted in the first round, and he sat for a while, right? Yeah. You can't do that anymore. You could get away with that back then. You cannot get away with drafting a tackle in the first round and sitting him. So if you draft a tackle in round one, somebody's going to the bench. Did you, when they drafted him, say, Foster's? Australian for pancake. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Damn it. Foster's Australian for beer. For beer. Pancake. Oh. That's what. That's what. Foster, Foster's. Do. I can't really oh. do it. We'll try to get pancakes. I got it. Sorry to all, all of our Australians who I just insulted with my terrible. Well, today is Pancake Tuesday. Where is that a thing? Yeah. Pancake Tuesday. Otherwise known as a Shrove Tuesday. Yeah, Pancake Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday. Because it's Ash Wednesday on Wednesday. Oh, so oh. you eat pancakes before uh-huh. um, doing. I got a text from my dad. I got a text from my dad asking if I had pancakes today. Well, we in the middle of still everything. Time. <laughs> still time for some pancakes. Uh, yeah, I wish it was on a Friday. It could be like Flapjack Friday. Every Friday should be Flapjack Friday. Flapjack is such a cooler name than pancake. <laughs> yeah, and that's why waffles are better. Mm. What? Well, French toast is better than all of them. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Fat Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, it is Fat Tuesday, which is different. This, I mean, the same as Pancake Tuesday. Yeah, we're yeah. I've never heard of Pancake Tuesday. I guess if you have enough pancakes Tuesdays. Then it turns into Fat Tuesday. Too bad we're not in New Orleans for the draft right now. Like, too bad this isn't the Combine in New Orleans. Yeah, well, the Combine might be starting to move around, although it wouldn't be to New Orleans. It would probably be to L.A. And I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I can tell you most people in the NFL, as far as coaches and scouts, don't want that. Well, the Broncos coaches don't have to worry about right. it because they won't be going anyway. <laughs> that, that's another thing to bring up because the fact that this, the coaches aren't here 
and both John Elway and Vic Fangio hit on the they're back at Dove Valley watching film all week, but it also came out this is a one-year trial. Yeah, and to me it became pretty darn clear that this was entirely Vic Fangio's mm-hmm. idea. You know when some sometimes things come out and it's like, oh, it's Vic's idea, and people are a little skeptical of that? No, very much Vic's idea. When John was asked about it, he pretty much said, we'll see how it goes and then go from there. Uh, but I like that Vic wanted to do it, and John said, okay, this is on you. We'll do it, but it's on you. I will say if there's one thing that's been universal in everyone we've talked to out here, it's that they don't like this, uh, that the Broncos did this, um, and they don't think that the people who were left at home like it either. Yep, exactly. And that's from people kind of not necessarily with the Broncos, but with knowledge of people with the Broncos, and then also outside people saying, yeah, that's an interesting move. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, someone within the Broncos organization said to us, well, it better work uh, or else else everyone's (laughs) going to point to the thing that they changed, which is what I said. That was my first take on this is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if you go and have a bad draft this year. People are going to blame this. Rightly or wrongly, this is going to be cited as a, as a reason why the draft wasn't up to snuff. And it's not just coaches being, oh, sour grapes. You know, they deserve to come and go to St. Elmo's and go drink at Prime 47. It was, you know, the an emphasis on the importance of coaches meeting these players face-to-face, having that baseline knowledge of what kind of person they are, and then you know, opening up a line of communication with them and saying, Hey, um, you know, just so you know, I'm going to, when I get home, I'm going to watch your film. I'm going to send you some texts, some questions I have, make sure that you respond to me. Uh, and, and, you know, just beginning a process, the Broncos coaches aren't going to be able to do that this year. Now, maybe the scouts are gathering numbers and they can go, but it's a little different when, you know, because the scout Zach Azani, who right. hasn't met this kid, says, hey, I'm Zach Azani with the Broncos. I have these questions for you. It just kind of makes it a, a more... Um, it's impersonal. Em- yes, there, there's the word. Absolutely. Impersonal but type of an, an interaction. Even that two minutes. Like, if you get two minutes with a prospect and you just say, hello, how, how are you? Have a brief, ex- a brief conversation and get his cell phone number. That's a start to building a line of communication and... It's something that I it's it's helped the Broncos over the years. The the example I always cite is I remember a Bobby Turner years ago telling me how he likes to come. He would like to come here and just get a couple of minutes with every guy and get their phone number. And that was a way of starting a dialogue that usually went right up to the draft. And then even after the draft, him saying, Hey, you're with another team, but you know, really appreciate you. Good luck to you. I'll see you around. Yep. 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 I had a conversation with my dad right before coming here, and I said the number one thing I would do if I was John Elway this offseason is talk to Mike Munchak and say, what do you need? Whatever you need, you got it. If it's first round pick, if it's first two picks, you got it. If it's $30 million on the open market, you got it. If it's a mixture of those, you got it. So don't you want Mike Munchak having all of the information that he can have? And I, the defense from Vic would be, well, he's getting all that information. He's in Denver right now watching more college film than he ever has in a very concentrated environment. But it's like we're talking about, just like Bobby Turner. It's getting the phone numbers and having that five-minute interaction when, 
if you had a five-minute interaction with Paxton Lynch, you think you would know if you should draft him with your first overall or with your first-round pick to, to, for him to be your franchise quarterback? And the fact that they didn't have that interaction is why they made that mistake. Right. And, it's, it's, and so what have they done in the past three drafts from regards to quarterbacks? They've almost kind of over-scouted. If there's such a thing, you know, you've had it's John Elway going and watching him in person and then meeting with them at the Senior Bowl, having a conversation there, and then having a, a, a top 30 visit at Dove Valley, and then going to Pro Day. At quarterback, we saw an, an overemphasis on communication in the last couple of drafts, and certainly the result is a much better prospect, someone who legitimately can become the face of the franchise, and one of the reasons why Drew Locke is here is because they did that extra work because Elway was able to see him in person, able to have these connection points. Rich Gangarello, when he coached the Broncos, I mean, he, that was something that came up when Drew Locke was drafted, how on the top 30 visit, the two of them kind of worked together, went over the offense. These things help. They help a lot. And, you know, a perfect example, we talked yesterday about banging the table for guys, and we said – Maybe maybe the coaching or maybe the Broncos brass doesn't want guys banging the table for guys. And then coincidentally, last night we're talking to people and we hear Mike Munchak bang the table for Dalton Reisner. And he's the best piece they have on that offensive line. So maybe they do want, maybe they should want guys banging the table for certain players. And this certainly doesn't mean that Mike Munchak's, you know, input won't be taken because I'm sure it will be weighed heavily. But... Mike Munchak, in my opinion, isn't going to get the best um, tools to for him to decide who he wants to bang the table for. And maybe he gets, you know, 99% of the 100. But don't you want to make sure that your coaches have 100% of resources when you are able to give it to them? And that's just what it comes down to. So it we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But... If I'm giving, if I'm turning over everything to Mike Munchak, I just want to make sure all the resources are available to him. Yeah, you got to have opportunities to shake those trees. Yep, exactly. See what Thankfully, falls out. John Elway doesn't have to shake any more quarterback trees, or so we hope. Um, <laughs> I hate that we still have Tom, to say Tom, are you there? <laughs> if Tom falls out of a tree, he might die. I'll just be honest. Um, all right, we have so much that we could talk about uh, on this podcast. And as the weeks go on and as we go through the podcast tomorrow and beyond, we're going to share plenty more of what we heard, uh, you know, talking to different NFL sources last night. And hopefully tonight again, we'll be able to gather some information. Um, but we have 50 questions to get to. So is not a game fit. No, that's. Uh, 2.5 times the normal game. <laughs> <laughs> um, just That's so, a game with you play, when you play with like a girl, right? Like over texting? 20 questions, 20 or, questions. 50 questions. or is that not a thing? I, I guess Ooh. you could play it. <laughs> it's more of like a game where I think of a thing and then you have 20 questions to figure out what the thing is. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's play. Okay. Uh, start. What? Just ask me the first question. Oh, I'm asking you? Yeah. Uh, is it a listener? Not technically. Um, is it a comment? No. Well, it is in the comment section. Is it a beer? 
Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Is it a Breck brew? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have won. It only took you four questions. Breckenridge Brewery, of course, is what I was thinking of because I think of it all the time, especially when I'm thirsty, like right now, and I want to um, become inebriated, as I do tonight. So Breck Brew, they're our go-to. We love them. Uh, Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, Hot Peak IPA, the Mile High City Copper Lager. Whatever it is, you got to hit up Breck Brew and check out some of these beers. As happy as a Breck Brew will make me later. Wait, I want to play. Oh, okay. Yes. Why will I be sad tonight? Why will you be sad tonight? Mm. Uh, Is it because we're not getting pizza for dinner? Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. You're close. Is the answer Bojo's? Yes. The Ah. answer is Bojo's because I can't have Bojo's. That may be the worst thing about Bojo's is you can only get it in the great state of Colorado. And I guess that's why it's called the true Colorado mountain pie. Well, you can only get Colorado water in Colorado, right? It's true. And at higher elevations, the dough rises differently, does it not? Ah, it does. It It makes that mountain pie. mm -hmm. Mm, And that's what makes their dough so special. The crust, not only because it rises high, but it's baked with that fresh Colorado honey. Mm. And then, of course, as Ryan says, right after you turn that dough that has honey in it already into a honey, honey spoon honey to spoons. just honey scoop spoons. all up. And then, of course, you enjoy it with a Breck beer. And make sure when you do this, you tell them DNVR sent you, and you get a free honey cheese bread, which then you don't even have to eat the pizza in order to get the honey spoon because it's not only a honey spoon just served to you, but it's with cheese on it. So make sure you check them out. They have six Colorado locations. We'll be checking them out right when we get back. That's Bojo's, B-E-A-U-J-O-S. All right. First one here is from 940 Bronco. And just as a disclaimer, if there's something we've already discussed in here, we're probably going to skim over it just in the interest of time. He says, hey, y'all, I think it's crazy that Zach just sprinkled in the fact that he was in a children's choir. Like it was nothing. (laughs) That was incredible. Are there any players coming into the combine that you'd expect to raise their draft stock, whether it's currently high or low? Can't wait for your continued combine coverage. I'll definitely be glued to the combine more than ever before. I know we pick guys and talk about them a lot, and, um, you know, it can maybe sometimes be repetitive, but I think Henry Ruggs is the guy who's going to raise his stock here. Um, According to Zach, he put on a nice little performance at the podium. was definitely a little more interesting than our, our guy, Judy. Uh, even though Judy was very interesting for one brief moment. Um, he is potentially going to break the record for fastest 40. He is. Uh, he came in with the huge hands. I mean, he's just got all the things right now that I think there's a chance he is considered a top 10 pick by the time he leaves here. Well, I just, I have to agree with that. Was John Ross, wasn't John Ross always pretty much a one-trick pony? Yeah. And it was just speed. I mean, that's Vertical all he, speed, nine ball. Yeah, that's all he did at college. That's all he did in terms of workouts was that. It, I haven't heard that associated with Henry Brooks. Right. So once he goes out and potentially breaks this record or runs in the four twos, and so he has that, plus he's a com- pretty complete receiver, well, it's over. I mean, it, he's going to be a top 10 pick. I'm going to go a little bit of a deeper dive, and this is down uh, later in the draft, but also somebody that I think a lot of our listeners know, and that's uh, Steven Montes. He is now a month into his work with Jordan Palmer. He talked about that with me at the Senior Bowl, and I kind of followed up on it uh, today at Montez's press conference. 
the emphasis on footwork and how he feels like a lot of his accuracy issues were tied to inconsistent footwork. So now you're not going to have a pass rush, obviously, but here's a chance for him to show that the things that he has been working on over the past few weeks are becoming habit. According to him, he's got the strongest arm in the draft, right? He doesn't lack for confidence. He never has, and I respect him for that. Um, I'd love to see that happen for him. I really hope it does. Here's a question. Why, in God's name, aren't um, more college quarterbacks working with Jordan Palmer when they're in college? Because magically, everyone works with Jordan Palmer, and now they're uh, you know, incredible. It's very true. It's true, and uh, I think part of it, and it's not 100%. They're... He had Christian Hackenberg, for example. Hackenberg didn't work out. He couldn't couldn't fix the flaws in his game. But Jordan Palmer, one thing about him is he does kind of select the quarterbacks he works with. Right, but if Steven Montez reached out to him before this season at CU, right. he would have worked with him probably. I mean, usually Jordan Palmer keeps it about three guys a year. Yeah. And one of them is Joe Burrow, and one is Steven Montez. I think he's got four this yeah. year. Two. He's got two the quarterback guys li- from Hawaii. Yeah, two guys living in two different. Yeah. Um, but he talked about places. how uh, uh, Kyle Allen, who's worked with Jordan Palmer, is also back working with him this offseason. Allen, of course, is in, coming off his second year with the Panthers. And, and Josh Allen is back. Is what he's mentioning? Kyle and Josh Allen. Right. That are that are back in a part of it as well. Oh, that's what he was saying. Kyle and Josh. The Allens. Yep. I was very confused. Next one coming in from eat so much, pee so little. What? Right? I think so. I think I got that right. It's an appropriate one, so we'll roll with it. I'm sitting here going through mocks, and I'm seeing some Isaiah Simmons to the Chargers. To be honest, with him and Derwin James and Joey Bosa scares the heck out of me. Who is one guy for each division rival that scares the heck out of y'all? Okay. Isaiah Simmons is a very good pick for the Chargers that would scare the crap out of me. I'll go, um, yeah, I'll go Isaiah Simmons to the Chargers. I'll go Tua to the Raiders, and I'll go Henry Ruggs to the Chiefs. Oh, God. I don't like any of those. Well, this Kishanalt to the Chiefs would be disastrous. Be bad. I think uh, Tua's a great pick for the Raiders, uh, and I don't want to see him there, but it would be bad. For the Broncos, seeing him twice a year. I think Tua going to the Chargers, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's scary. For the Chiefs, I'm thinking of a guy they could get where they're picking. Jonathan Taylor. Because wow. even though Damian re- Williams had a couple of touchdowns in the Super Bowl, that position, production-wise, it's been lacking for the Chiefs since they let go of Kareem Hunt. So here's my question for you, Mace. Well, Kareem Hunt's a a good point there. But my question is, a lot of people have said what's incredible about the Chiefs is they don't even pretend to run the ball. You think that needs to change in order for some sustained success? I think it just makes them even more potent, especially if it's a running back that can catch the ball. And that was something that Wisconsin emphasized with Jonathan Taylor this past year. And he became a good route runner and a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He made his game more complete this past year. And several times when I watched Wisconsin, I thought, man, if he is a chief, that is bad news for the Broncos. Next one's from Iceman, who says, Hey, friends, we, the DNVR family, will need RK to get us all the possible info for any buff players that were invited. Sounds good. 
Mace, please advise us on Tristan Wirfs and anyone else you would like to. Mr. Stevens, can you add on for any of the players if you like, but your assignment is to try and get the truth out of Johnny Boy and the Godfather. Good luck with that. Go Broncos, Dalton, Drew, DNVR. I think we got a lot of truth out of them today. From John, for sure. Yes. Some more, some more truth. Well, I don't know if it's truth, but huge endorsement from John on Drew. Vic, it was not as big of an endorsement. No. Yeah, it's pretty lukewarm. Yeah, exactly. He's still, I think, in the whole, this false. could be a false positive. And what does John <laughs> say to that when I asked him? <laughs> no. And then he said, love, no, and then yeah. chuckled again. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, hey, it's a positive. Right, right. right. Even if it's a false, false positive, positive, it's a positive. positive. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I think Vic is really scared by, or scarred, pardon me, scarred and scared by the story of John Forcade when he was with the Saints assistant. And Vic was just, I think, what, Vic was about like 30, 31 years old at the time. I was negative 25. Yeah, we're going to need to let go of John Forcade, all right? <laughs> but it, think about it. It happens when he's a fairly young coach. And think of what the Saints had to do in order to overcome that. They had to send a one and a two and a three to Dallas for Steve Walsh. One and a two and a three. Yeah. And then a year later, it's like, oh, well, we, we're Bobby Bear. We got things resolved in the contract impasse. He came back and the Saints went 11 and five. I, I think Vic just regards what they had to give up in draft capital, how they had to, uh, you know, how they had to go with a quarter to trade for a quarterback who didn't solve their problems just because 4K wasn't the answer. And I think that's something that really affects him. It's also worth noting that the Saints had a, I believe, from 87 to 92, they had a six-year run where they only had one season that wasn't a winning season, and it was that 1990 year where they thought John 4K could be the answer, and he wasn't. I've got a hashtag. We're going to start going. Hashtag forget forcade. <laughs> and uh, I'm I have a song for it, Vic. Let it go, let it go. But we know I see why you're no longer in the children's <laughs> part. Yeah. But we know Vic is governed by that his was, past experiences. Hurtful. I mean, the way he talks about uh, linebackers, and we know that he compares linebackers that he scouts to Ricky Jackson and Vaughn Johnson and Sam Mills and Pat Swilling. High standard. Yep. So. Next one's from Crabtree's Chain for a follow-up. Oh, wait. How are we are? Why are you following up? <laughs> what are we following up? Uh, you didn't miss anything. All right. Well, Drew most certainly did not know who I was, but I was able to explain what happened. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening. We, we might have to re... re uh, oh, Drew Soisher yesterday. Oh, yes. Drew Soish. Yeah. You, can't, you can't refer to Drew Soisher as one name Drew. There's only one one it's name like, Drew. It's like referring to... John Elway in this comment section are referring to another John as John. Yeah, like John Pagano. Right. <laughs> okay. For follow-up, Soisher most certainly did not know who I was, but I was able to explain what happened. He jokingly responded, in that case, please don't beat me up. I'll do what you want. He's friendly. <laughs> I think he was just being a coward. He's friendly with my wow. dad, so I told him what happened, and the two couldn't contain their laughter. I saw him a few years later when I was of age in Arizona for spring training and repaid his kindness by buying him some booze. Hey. What a nice Hopefully turn. it was a Breck brew. Yes. In a related story, when I was studying abroad, we spent a week in Positano on the Amalfi Coast in Italy. I heard an unmistakable voice from the villa below us, and surely enough, it was Colorado's own Rick Riley. 
also not very well liked around here. When he found out we were fellow buffs, he couldn't contain his enthusiasm and walked us down to the market where he bought us some local wine and cheese. He told us some old school boulder stories, and they said they used to call the pregame the prelax instead. I don't get it. Um, just goes to show that uh, the media here are good people, and you guys are no exception. Keep up the good work, fellas, and always put first and last names in your contacts. So you don't end up accidentally texting Drew Sorcerer. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we love you right back there, well, Crabtree's I've, I've got a lot of Ryans in my, in, in my contacts for some reason. Yeah, you got Ryan Konigsberg, Ryan Edwards, Ryan Harris. Yeah. Like, Ryan to me, Clady, maybe. Yeah, and this is why you're RK, because Ryan Edwards, who I co-hosted with, is just Ryan. That's okay. I would even go further. I'd put first, last name, and then where I met them. And my girlfriend just thought that was absolutely absurd, which it probably is. Like, how many how many people am I going to know that have the same first and last name? I'm not going to share on this podcast, but I'll show you guys just a, a scroll through my contacts of how I used to identify some people that I got numbers of in college. <laughs> oh and there's some I, funny things in there when I was hammered I of can what only, I wrote. I can only guess. Brian comes in and says, when did this pod turn into a platform for tall people to flex on us short people? Hashtag rise of the midgets. Hashtag... Yes, I'm standing up. What? I can't hear you from all the way down oh, there. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. You know, when I first worked for the Broncos back in 02, there was a joke that to be in like Broncos communication, PR or web, you had to be short because Jim Sakamano is relatively short. Paul Kirk, who's now at the University of Utah, he was short. Mark Cicero was short. Mike Sorrow, who did the website with me at the time, we were all like five, seven and under. Yeah, my mom always told me that I'd be a good sportscaster, not because my knowledge of sports, my fantastic-looking looks, uh, but actually it was because I was short, and all sportscasters are short, and that's I thought she pretty was darn gonna, true. I thought she was going to say it was your angelic laugh. Oh, could be that, too. Yeah, it wasn't that either. Crazy today. One of the things that you notice the first time you come here is how short a lot of these people are. <laughs> and one of those people uh, is Ian Rappaport, who is decidedly shorter than both of you. Mm-hmm. And Which is saying something. <laughs> <laughs> and he was sitting at a desk today with Andrew Siciliano and was towering over him. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like your Italian, mom was onto something. Italians there. are short, right? I don't generalize. Uh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are the worst. Oh, no. We're not playing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Snoop Dubs. Mace, I haven't commented in a while, but I figured this would be worth it. I know you are a Dale Murphy fan, so I wanted to get your help. I am good buddies with two of Dale's son, one of which was a Denver Bronco for 11 days. Did you know that? Yeah, Sean Murphy. And I see Dale every so often. As you know, he is not a Hall of Famer, so I'm reaching out to see if you would wear a Murphy for Hall of Fame shirt. If I sent one over, let me know. Thanks for what you guys do. Man, wow, I'm flattered. Absolutely, I wear that shirt. I'm an XL. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Proud to wear that. J Money Steck 97 Hey, guys, I was going through mock drafts like you do, and I came across an interesting scenario. How would you guys feel if the following players were the only players we ended up with? Tristan Wirfs, KJ Hamler, Lloyd Cushenberry, Denzel Mims, and Troy Pride Jr.? Yeah, you'd be ecstatic. Yeah. Yes, great. Wow. And uh, man, you cut your picks by over half. Yeah, but you end up with a five really good players. No, no, no. I totally agree. Uh, count. Oh, 
Count Locula. Doesn't matter. Do you think Carry On Johnson gets a free Carry On bag on account of his name? Love the Count. There's no way you can get a free Carry On in 2020. Uh, not, no. no, not on most airlines. Although Only I've made flying Southwest. I've made that pun probably a few too many times over the years on social media that uh, looks like Carry On doesn't have any baggage. Well, know. wouldn't it? What if his name was like Carry On Luggage or Carry On Bags or something? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on bags with two G's. That could be a, a real name. That's actually a pretty good sports name. Yeah. It can't yeah. be a quarterback, though. Oh, because it's Carry last on. Name. Yeah. Right. It's too long. Unless you go by just carry. But then carry, carry on doesn't work then. Carry bags? Or maybe the last name is on bags and the first name is carry. Carry on bags. I think we're. <laughs> <laughs> what would be a longer last name with the first name of carry on? Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> one that is like a bad oh no like it's the luggage. same k no k-e-r-r-y it'd be the same well, the, same, seven works. Letters. the same works but johnson doesn't work unless we're talking about like oh you're saying a membrane or something oh, okay yeah i don't know yeah. konigsberg carry on konigsberg no it doesn't <laughs> carry on luggage yeah something like that l-u-g-g-a it's seven letters no Dang. same oh well same works same works because well, quarterback works for, same works. Drew Lock. Drew Lock. Yes, yes, that's true. Yes, yeah. I'm All right. Lost. Not Alexandra chimes in. The guys hanging out is in, in India's wholesome content. We need. I'm so here for it. No questions. That's the whole comment. Hashtag. We stand. We stand. Oh, not Weston. We stand. We stand. Yes. Not Weston. We stand. Do you know what that means? Like we stand together. No, that's we stand. So we stand, right? It means like you're a, we, you're a huge fan. Wow, Mace knew something you didn't. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Why is that embarrassing? I, interestingly enough, I just find it inter- I find it fascinating how Stan has become the has become this term, and of course, it came from the uh, the Eminem song. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like someone oh, who's yeah, a fanatic know. is a Stan. Right. Yeah. 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 But it's been kind of used in, in more pop culture now. Well, Stan, I just didn't know we stand would be like, yeah. We stand, like, it, it, it derives from, like, we stand a queen or we stand a king. Yeah. It's like a phrase that people say. Okay, you you must read or something. I read the I stand, internet. I stand Tyler Biotish. <laughs> yes, you do. Who's talking on Wednesday. You stand. I stand. We all stand for, for Tyler Biotish. For, for, we all have guys. We all D-N-D-R. have guys we're standing for. Tarzan? I stand. Yeah, I stand, you stand, we all stand for Tarzan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right, from Danver. That's that wholesome content. Oh. We are sleep deprived. Um, from Dan Burke. RK, I 100% agree with you that Rieger is someone who could be in play at 15. It might seem like a reach right now, but I think he'll be a mid-first rounder once all is said and done. The only real red flag with him is some drop issues, but we were saying the same thing about Sutton once upon a time. And the TCU QB play was shocking. Drops can be worked on if the work ethic is there. Ben Albright said yesterday that he's heard the Panthers might be exploring a move up to number one. Uh, Combine this with Charles Johnson reporting that the Panthers are willing to explore trading players on their roster for draft capital. Are there any players that interest you on the Panthers roster? If so, what would you give for them? Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey for (laughs) number 15. 15. Yep. Done. Wow, the backfield of Christian McCaffrey and Philip Lindsay running behind Dalton Reisner. And then let's say in the second round, you pick up LaVisca. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, McCaffrey. And the thing with McCaffrey, if you do make that deal, it's 
with the long-term plan of eventually he becomes a wide receiver to reduce the wear and tear and ensure he's still helping you out in the year 10, year 11, year 12. But he has the skill set to do it. He goes on to say, I would 100% trade a two and more for DJ Moore. Nice. Uh, and a three for Dante Jackson and maybe a four for Curtis Samuel. Don't think I'd do a trade for C-Mac considering he's coming up on a contract and no good comes from paying running backs, but he's a wide receiver. He's a unicorn. Yes, he is a unicorn. Our third unicorn UB. of the podcast. Yeah. So maybe the unicorns aren't as rare as they used to be. One for each of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Manning's forehead chimes in. Did we finish that last one? Yes. Says, I'm writing this at 3.34 Arizona time with my alarm set at 7.30 for my 8 a.m. because I cannot fall asleep due to my dorm roommate making his iconic thumb-sucking wet noises <laughs> in between other moans and snores. Uh, wow, what is he doing a, in his dream? That took uh, a <laughs> Like that? Oh, man, that was Mace last night. No, I'm just kidding. Mace. <laughs> oh, actually, come on. That timing kind of sounds like familiar for us last night. Yep, 3.34 yeah. almost <laughs> might be exactly when we went we to We were sleep. going to bed at, after, at 3, and... My alarm went off at 6.52. Yeah, you're a hero for that. We didn't make it into the press area until about 9.30. Yep, it's true. He says, um, what are some bad roommate stories you all have, including DNVR subscribers have? Oh, my God. My guy hasn't washed his hands since October. <laughs> Gross. Oh my God. I had to bully him into using body wash. Has the most rank smelling feet I've ever encountered and overall has no idea what hygiene or self care is. Anyone think they can beat that? What the hell? This guy, he sounds he sounds like a cat. You know how cats clean themselves? Yes. It sounds like at night he's just trying to clean himself. Oh, he's licking himself. That's why those <laughs> wet noises. God, this sounds terrible. I'm so sorry, Manning's forehead. Um that's bad. I had so bad. I ha- so yeah, you go uh, ahead. Okay. I had a roommate who went through a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper every single day and left the cans just anywhere in the room. Wow. So, like, if I was gone for a weekend, I would come back to, like, 40-some-odd cans of Dr. Pepper just laying around our apartment. He wouldn't wow. make a pyramid out of them? and No, they were just ar- around. Like, there'd be, like, seven on one, like, tiny little table side or, like, couch side table oh gosh it was disgusting yeah i had a roommate when i worked with the panthers for road trips who bless his soul had a horrible snoring problem and eventually he actually had to go and kind of uh go into the hospital and and he was fine after that but it was so bad that there was one night where even though i put my headphones on and turned on music on my ipod I couldn't get to sleep, and literally I went to the bathroom with my comforter and a pillow and closed the door, and that was the only way I could sleep, and I got like three hours. Ugh. Oh, boy. that I, I honestly thought you were going to say the snoring was so bad it killed him. So I'm happy that's not I, I'm Well, I was, I was worried, and actually I did tell him. I said, I don't know if anyone's told you, but and I, I didn't do it like to kind of offend him. I said, hey, maybe you need to get it looked at, and – I was in a position to do that because earlier that year, I had been the snorer. I found out it was because my tonsils were so big, it was they were obstructing my airway. Wow. So I got them removed. Yep. And then my I don't snore anywhere near as often as I used to. Yep. Mace, so, only one of us at this table has their tonsils. Is that you? I don't, unless... It's me. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I lived in a fraternity house, and there was some pretty bad 
weird, bad things. Gross. I, I, I had another, gross, not weird. Or bad. I had another roommate who got like a legit girlfriend for the first time, I think, in a long time at the very least. Did you guys live in the same room? No. Okay. Um, we, but we shared a wall. And that was all he needed. <laughs> I just, I don't think he understood like the etiquette of having roommates that you share walls with. And these two would just be going at it at like three 30 in the morning on just every, like every night. And they just had no regard for the fact that I was right next to them. It was like, I, I don't like you guys do your thing, but I'm trying to sleep here. I have to be up in the morning. If this was the first roommate or first, girlfriend for him i bet he was i bet that was intentional i bet it was like trying a to flex. show off mm-hmm. yes yeah. i think it was it totally was yep. and it drove me i almost cursed it drove me <laughs> insane uh to the literal point where my other roommate was subleasing his room and i was just like just sublease my room please let me move into yours oh. so i literally moved all of my stuff into another room for like three months just to avoid that. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I do have a story though. It doesn't quite top that in terms of uncomfortable, but a basic thing of when you're trying, you have a home is you should be able to get in, right? I had a roommate who had a habit of just deadbolting, abs- absentmindedly deadbolting the door. And, so, and then I, if I got back later, I couldn't get in. Oh my god! And and literally at one point I threw I just had to find tennis balls or whatever and I was throwing them after I banged on the door and he was in his bedroom didn't come and didn't come out and then finally I started throwing tennis balls at his window saying you know get the bleep up I um that just reminds me of I once locked myself out of my studio apartment so there was no one to save me but I googled it and figured out a way to pick my lock which was only took me about an hour, which was highly concerning <laughs> that it's that easy to just pick a lock, even like a house lock. Man, I'm getting so many stories. I'll just keep it to one. Okay. I had um, a roommate who uh, wouldn't often fight, maybe never even fought with his girlfriend. But one time I'm lying oh, in bed. God, you just reminded me of a story. <laughs> Sunday night. You know, there's some screaming going on between them and, and everything was fine. You know, they, they were drunk. So it was over stupid stuff. And then I heard my roommate go to the living room and then, you know, still some screaming. And then I hear him say, put the frying pan down. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And nothing, nothing happened. But when I heard that, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I think, unfortunately, I win this one because I was trying to think of like funny stories. This one isn't funny at all. I had a roommate who legitimately had a domestic violence issue with his girlfriend and we kicked him out that night. Literally, we were just like, like she was crying, and it was yeah. like she was like crying for our help. Wow! And so that's scary. We obviously got her out of there, and we're like, you, you leave tomorrow. For her sake, I'm thankful you were there. Yeah, me too. Very thankful. There was holes in the wall and all sorts of really crappy stuff. So yikes! Yeah, there's police involved. And yeah, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at all. That's a bad roommate story. Well, that'll put a damper on that. <laughs> Uh, next one's from the Big Tabowski, who says, "One of my guilty pleasures is boxing. I don't condone violence, and boxing glorifies it. But I grew up boxing with uh, with my dad, and 
I'm still a huge fan of the sport. It is ingrained in me. I've had so many arguments with people who rate Wilder. Why are we talking about this? Wilder, they just don't understand the artistry of boxing. There's a huge skill and technique, much like the NFL. They've both developed into a sport where physical tools are necessary to get to that level. But you need to have put in many thousands of hours training and working on how to evade and hit cleanly. Through the untrained eye, it's a sport of pure anger, but it is not. Wilder is the worst heavyweight champion I've ever seen. His footwork is awful. His head movement is virtually non-existent. And his body movement is pedestrian at best. He defended his belt against the worst pros for a decade. And when he finally fights someone with top-level skills, he gets made to look amateur at best. However, Deontay Wilder does have the most incredible power I've seen dynamite in his gloves and that will always keep the part-time boxing fan interested and draw in crowds alas a good boxer he is not i was cheering uh, him on though wanting him to beat the very racist and homophobic fury wilder is a is a nice guy who does a lot of work for spina spina bifida spina bifida charities uh roll on the rematch hoping for a better result Welcome to the DNVR Boxing Podcast. <laughs> uh, it's unfortunate to hear that about Fury. I didn't know that. Yeah. Although, I don't know if that's confirmed, but still. Love Thunder Down Under. Chahuha. <laughs> Hysterical. <laughs> Someone else said I thought he was talking about Cholula, the hot <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't think I've ever seen... Chihuahua written out like that. And I looked at it a couple times today and I still can't wrap my mind around how to say that. Well, those dogs will forever be known as Chihuahuas from now on. <laughs> Next one coming in from Super Bowling. One thing the tall guy forgot to mention last pod was taking your photo at the DMV sucks. I have to do this weird half squat thing to get in the frame. It's so awkward. Being tall isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I hit my head at least twice a day. Maybe that's why I can't <laughs> use a comma correctly. But how many times are how often are you getting your photo taken at the DMV? Hopefully once, once every, every 10, 10 years. years. How tall are you and or how, what doors are you walking through? I've never seen like a normal tall person like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, just like constantly hitting their head. I have like very many friends who are over 6'5", and they do have to duck. Adamares mm-hmm. yes. uh, has to duck through many doors. I, yeah, and over 6'5", that's, that's getting into like you're extremely tall. Yes. Like you're not just tall. Right. Uh, He goes on and says, weirdest thing I woke up to was a strange dark figure standing at the edge of my bed one night. I freaked, jumped straight out of my bed, turned all the apartment lights on, flipped out till I moved out of that apartment. I would turn on every light when going to the kitchen in the middle of the night. Be safe and have fun in Indy. Next one is from the Big Tabowski, who has another long one. Oh, pushing the limits here. Is this a double post? Double post. Double long double long post. DPLP. He says, post for Bristol Broncos fan who has NFL withdrawal. Watch the XFL, or at least that's my advice. Eh. I've tried to watch other American sports, but just can't handle find a handle on any of them. Ice hockey. Puck moves so fast, I can't keep up with it. Player takes a shot. Wait a second or two to see if the players are celebrating. And then watch the replay to see where the damn thing actually went. I'm just watching, waiting for a fight so I could be entertained. Wow. Uh, that's, I mean, you can see the net move if they make, if they score. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, baseball. They catch with a massive glove. Are you sure this is a sport for adults? They aren't even allowed to throw the ball at the batter either. One of the best aspects of cricket is the bowler is encouraged to hit the batsman. No danger, no fun. Baseball feels like a kid's game. I feel like you really do like violence. 
Uh, basketball. Why do they run back to their own basket after scoring so quickly? Do they not want to stop the other team? What? He's saying that they should press because he said turn and stop oh. and defend right away. Like uh, Nolan Richardson, Arkansas, back in the day, 40 minutes of hell. Yeah. Uh, He'd like that. It's called um, energy. You, they don't have unlimited levels of it. They have to yeah. rest sometimes. If you're going to press, you got to go 12 or 13 guys deep. Legit. If you're going to press, you got to rest. Nice. <laughs> I like that. He says, Call I feel like I could revolutionize basketball if they listen to me. feels like they don't care about defense, and therefore it lacks competition. Mm. Watch these college Really bad takes. Yeah, I'm sorry. They, they do care about defense. And if you really want to watch defense, just because college basketball has a greater variety of styles, you know, watch like Syracuse with a matchup zone, for example. He says, I know, I know, shots fired. I'm a stupid Englishman who doesn't understand these sports. I've tried and failed. Can you explain my flaws above a little, although I imagine you've ripped them to shreds <laughs> as soon as you read them? I must be missing something, but thankfully you guys hit the jackpot with American football. It's damn fantastic. It has everything. Well, the, Let me t- you know, first of the XFL, this is something that's really interesting because last Saturday, I'm looking at the TV ratings and uh, the viewership for all sports, sporting events on the air in the United States last Saturday. The XFL games on Fox and ABC were the two most watched sports programs on Saturday, even beating the NBA primetime game. That's so Saturday dumb. crazy. <laughs> that is just wild. Um, and beating out Baylor versus Kansas, one versus wow. three. And the XFL games, each of them got a greater audience than KU Baylor. Wow. I, I literally have nothing... No insults for any sports. I think they're all good. How about how about this, the Big Tabowski? I know it's not an American sport. Why don't you just hop on the Colorado Raptors bandwagon? There you go. How does that sound? From Lone Star Bronco. Hey, guys, super excited for the combine coverage. Jalen Rager runs a 4-2, and the Broncos select him at 15. That's been my thought process for a few weeks, and I think it's a real possibility. Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb will be gone. So with his blazing 40 time, Rager will be the guy. There's one thing I'm good at. It's being wrong, so take it with a grain of salt. I've just had a lunch. <laughs> if he, yeah, if, if oh, I he just got, had a hunch. Yeah, I just had lunch. And you know what, Lone Star? <laughs> with a grain of salt. Yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. If he runs a four two forty, he will go in the top fifteen picks. My lunch was a grain of salt. You didn't get in on the sandwich meat in time. Yeah, today? you had. Oh, I got a sandwich. I got. Oh no, you didn't. I got in on some food. You yeah, had a, but, a salad. Yeah. Yeah, salad, and they called it mac and cheese, but it wasn't mac and cheese. That, w- but that, that was, was called mac that and was cheese. Called it was mac, mac and cheese, and cheese. salad. That was pasta right? salad. Yes, it, it was pasta mac and cheese salad. It was there was no macaroni. Nope, there was cheese. Wasn't it like uh, corkscrew pasta they had yeah. in there? Yeah, yeah, I thought Fizzoli, so. right? Fizzoli. I don't know what it's called. Fizzoli? All I know is that Fusilini? it is <laughs> Fusilli. Fusilli. Yeah, it came up in there's a Seinfeld episode called the Fusilli Jerry because there was somebody who would like they were making uh using pasta to make little character little caricatures of people. Why Fusilli? Because you're silly. <laughs> wow. Goodness gracious. Hey but, fellas from Cleavers. Hey fellas, here's a little story about the sleeping chemical that keeps you from moving around. Though I've never hallucinated like RK, I've often woke up with my head off the bed and been not able to move for a minute or so. Pretty scary when that happens. LOL. Hope you guys have a good time in Indy. We're talking about something that's beyond like just taking some melatonin, right? This is yeah. Well, okay. it's called um, oh god, what's it called? Sleep paralysis. Okay. 
where you wake up, but your body still thinks you're asleep, so you can't move. Yeah, oh. that is, that's scary. Drew Laka says, hello again, gentlemen. Hope you're having a great time in Indy. One quick question for each of you. What is the biggest miss you guys have had while watching the Combine? In other words, was there ever a prospect that really impressed at the Combine that you thought was going to be good that turned out to just be someone who aced the workouts? Um, Actually, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't fall for Combine All-Stars, so... It's never happened to me. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't have one off the top of my I guess I thought John Ross would be better. Yeah. So did the so did the Bengals. That was before I started like evaluating players though. Like I didn't, you know, watch film or look for contested catches or any of that stuff. I was just like, Oh, that guy's really fast. He should be pretty good. Also, Drew Locke, it's important to note that um the only thing media could watch is the bench press. So the, the workouts themselves aren't a media, like us, boots on the ground of, event. Here. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Two, if you personally haven't had any misses, oh, should have continued, can you name someone that climbed up everyone else's draft boards because of the combine that turned out to be a bust? John Ross. John Ross? <laughs> yeah. I can name a guy who climbed up one team's draft board, Darius Hayward Bay. Oh, God. Who ran, I believe, a four two five forty. Yep. And Al Davis was still running the Raiders draft room back then. This was 2009. And Al Davis always loved him some 40-time guys. Yep, that speed. And shocked everybody that year by taking Darius Hayward Bay in terms of where everyone had him projected. But then when you realize Al Davis loves his vertical speed guys, shouldn't have shocked anybody. That was a That was a typical late Al Davis era pick. Yep. He says, thanks again and for everything you guys do. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Drew. Thank you, Drew. From Wilma. How's it going, guys? Hope your trip to India has gone good so far. My question is for Mace. I'm curious. What did you think of BSN during your time with the Broncos? What were your impressions of their work? What did you think of RK, Zach, and Spano? And lastly, how has the reality of working with these guys changed those views? Thanks for the daily entertainment, guys. You are appreciated. Choose your words wisely, Mace. Okay. It was really cool to watch you guys grow and the thing i noticed in my own media consumption was that i was reading and listening to what was then bsn denver more and more and more for that's awesome all that's sports pretty much the best compliment we can get and i found that it was big, it was my go to i wasn't going to the denver post anymore i was going to bsn Hell yeah. And that's too cool. Thought you guys had the best coverage of all sports in the market. If you go to the Denver Post website, your computer explodes into a million pieces and someone then smacks you in the face. The the BSN DNVR experience is just so clean. It's it's so knowledgeable and it doesn't, you know, it's and the thing I like, and I think we always try to do that here, is if somebody doesn't know it's not condescending, it's educating the, the listener, educating the reader. And I just and I again, I just, I, I was, I was more and more impressed with every passing year. I saw, you know, RK and Zach at work, and uh, they they earned the respect of a lot of longtime media people in there by what they did, by just being pros and and doing their jobs and doing it very well. And the reality of working with them has only made my feelings stronger. Thanks, well, my respect has only grown for everybody who's affiliated with DNVR. It's it's everything I hoped it would be and more. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. That means a lot to hear, Mace. Yeah, that's that is that is awesome. I'm so proud to work with you guys. Oh man. Damn, it's man. awesome. Make that, me cry over it, here. It's <laughs> awesome to have you with us. And w- you said we're here to educate the people. Well, you're here to educate us, so thanks. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> From Vilka Dan, the Irish heart ring thingy is a clada. Uh a clada? Oh, I cannot do pronunciations. <laughs> it it looks like Claude, Claude, duh, because yeah, you got the two A's there. Claude, yeah. duh. Oh, golly, golly. It consists of a heart with a crown on the top held by two hands. It signifies love, loyalty, and friendship. I have one on my wedding ring as my wife very much identifies as Irish. That's pretty cool. She identifies as Irish or she's <laughs> Irish? <laughs> Maybe Jerry Judy like thing. Oh, no, maybe she no, maybe she's like half uh, half Irish, half German or half Swedish or half English and just the Irish is the, the stronger cultural influence on her. Uh, Irish, I knew what was going on. Oh. <laughs> Here's a breakdown of how it's born. Right hand with the point of the heart facing towards the hand. It's on your hand. How can it be facing towards your hand? Back towards you Back instead toward of away. this part of like okay. down. Like. Okay, so your wrist. Yes. Okay. Uh, the heart is turned. Wait. The heart is turned inwards. The wearer <laughs> in towards the wearer, meaning their heart is taken and they are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, in towards the hand on the right hand, you're in a relationship. So the bottom of the heart is pointing, pointing that way. Yes. Okay. Right hand with the point of the heart away from the hand. So the opposite of this. The heart is turned out away from the wearer, meaning the heart is open to love and they are not in a relationship. I can't believe there's multiple hands for this. It's pointing out. Left hand with the point of the heart pointing away from the hand. The wearer is engaged or in a lifelong partnership, a.k.a. like Zach. (laughs) Left hand with with the point of the heart pointing in towards the hand. The wearer is married. Okay. Okay. So, there's only one single one? Yes. Right hand pointing away. Yes. Yep. The Clotta originated, originated in Galway, presumably where Ed Sheeran fell in love with a Galway girl. He knew what to look for. Interesting. I don't think Ed Sheeran created this, though. No. Yeah. No. I don't think so. Nick Geyer, 813, says, Why do I feel like dreams are going to be a reoccurring topic now? Your dreams and night terror stories were entertaining. I think everyone has something like this happen. Oh, they, glad you inter- you enjoy our pain. Yeah, no, it was an occasional topic uh, when I worked with Steve Atwater on the radio once because he on the air said, "Mace, I dreamed about you last night." Oh, <laughs> like oh, what? Wow, that's cool. And in his dream, I was upset about something, and I was in the parking lot yelling. <laughs> wow, were you like yelling that magical number? No, because that would be a nightmare for Steve. Yes, it would. When you said the magical number, I wasn't thinking of 75. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Steve dreaming of me. But, yeah, I was so taken aback. Like, Mace, I dreamed about you last night. I'm like, what? Uh, The fact that Steve Atwater had a dream that I was involved in, that I've I've burrowed my way into Steve Atwater's subconscious. Wow, that's impressive. (laughs) That is impressive. That's one of my great accomplishments in life. Not bad. I'd say so. From Forehead, Mace, your response to the proposed trade as the Lions just made me want to gripe a bit. Whatever happened to the back and forth magic of making a deal? Just because a price is higher than someone wants to pay doesn't mean the answer is no. It just means we've got some bargaining to do. For everyone else out there where there's a will, there's a way. You just have to be imaginative enough to make it happen. 
rant off. Love you guys. Looking forward to this great week of ball talk. Cheers, forehead. I figured I was kind of doing a little negotiation here, you know? <laughs> I got it. It took me a second. I was like, what, what are you giggling about? Uh, um, we're here for all the ball talk you need. Yes. Yes. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I thought it was us who wouldn't negotiate with Mace, not Mace who yeah. wouldn't negotiate with yeah, us. Yeah, I think it's us. It's our fault. Yeah, it's okay. I was the one who wasn't playing along. Right. Because I wanted on my you terms. You wanted so, to negotiate. So I was sort of the exception of the rule, and I was the one who you know, was disrupting a little bit. Right. So I, I'll, I'll take the L on that. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. All right. Who wants to read the comment here from LDJ? I will. I'll take it. A second for Diggs. Really? I mean, really? And pay him $15 million a year given this wide receiver class? I mean, we know how productive the 2014 wide receiver class was. And they're saying this one is better. And RK would give up a second for a problematic, code-tweeting, injury-prone wide receiver. Come on, RK. SMH. Don't defend it, Zach. Thank you for shooting it down, Mace. (laughs) I'd do it still. I'm not even going to give Darius Slay energy. He's 30. Jones is 27 and can convert to safety. Byron Jones. Anyways. Stop converting people to safety. Yeah, please don't. So we let go of our analytics guy. Mm-hmm. I think the next one has to <laughs> no one study the analytics on Cortland's big playability because everything I study about this team and talent tells me you allow Cortland the ability to play at a borderline all pro level and Fant at a pro bowl level. This team is winning 12 games. I think coming out of college, people ignored his ball skills, which is why I want Denzel Mims on this team. Mace. Cortland didn't have separation his rookie year and at times in college, but if you give him a chance, his boxing out, big body, great hands will make a play. So with that said, how many tar- targets does Cortland warrant a game? I say six, at least three big shots, at least two end zones a game. You got to let Cortland, he's great, and give him a shot to make plays. What do you think? P.S. Mace, I'm down for getting speed to compliment Cortland, but Mims is strong. Big jumps out of the stadium. I see A.J. Green in him with his ball skills. I really want him on this team. His speed is more integral to this offense than Mims' skill set. you got to get at least six targets for Cortland. I, I, I say double-digit targets every single game. I have come around to RK's view. You're on the, 50, on the other side of the 50. You start taking shots. Yes, the Sutton rule. I hope that we're saying this about another receiver from the 20, from your own 20. Soon, I hope there's that dangerous of a speed guy where you say there's never a bad time to throw it up to him mm. or throw it deep to him. We barely got to see Drew Locke's deep, deep ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. There's the one that he threw to Cortland, or sorry, to Tim Patrick on the sideline. Remember, we're like perfectly in between, but that was still right. only like 40-ish. I want to see him on cork. Did Cortland throw as many deep balls as Drew? <laughs> Maybe. Next one coming in from Micah Pexa. Here in Hawaii, women wear a flower behind their ear to signal being available or taken. Like the ring, left ear means taken, right ear means single. That'd probably get me in trouble because of like you have to think about it from their perspective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ethan Rozier says, one of the funniest things of not waking up to something was when I had a sleepover near Greeley at a friend's house. We were outside sleeping in a tent, and while we were asleep, a car down the street crashed very loudly near us and woke everyone up, except for me. Slept like a baby. There's a um, a legend in my family about how I once slept through a hailstorm. Like, we were driving in a car, 
and I was asleep, and we drove through a hailstorm, and I wow. didn't wake up. Wow, that's impressive. Man, alive. Anyone ever fallen out of bed and kept sleeping? No. No, I, I, when I've fallen out of bed, I, I immediately woke up. <laughs> I mean, that sounds normal. Me too. Yeah. yeah. One time I was at CU football camp, and a kid fell off the top bunk and like smashed his face on the ground. Oh, there was blood golly. everywhere. It was intense. Wow. The only time I've had tobacco in my mouth was at a football <laughs> camp at CU. You went to CU football camp? Like you went it, to the, the was, high school one? Or Because I don't think you were doing it when you were like nine, like when I was at football camp. I'm trying to think if this was my high school team. Yeah, I, there's no way I would have gone to a football camp by myself. So yeah, it was my high school team went up there, stayed in the dorms for like a week. Did you puke? No, because I knew that was about to happen. So I took so it you out. took it out. Yep, yep. Oh man, I was golfing one time with this kid who did that for the first time. And he, within like, I don't know, two minutes, his face turned white. Just like that? And he was dripping sweat. Oh. And like, he was trying to like be cool to these older guys. So he didn't want to give in and he oh. just yacked everywhere. Oh, yikes. Oh, and he, ugh, not good. From Sound Guy, hey guys, what are your thoughts on the Wonderlick test? Does a sport poor score on this test change your evaluation? Remember, both Garrett Bowles and Paxton Lynch had low scores relative to their position groups. I think it can be a very, very small piece of your puzzle. It's. I think it. It the importance of it changes on the position. Yeah, one hundred. You know, uh, quarterback, left tackle as well. You probably want. You don't have to have a good wonderlick, but that should make you think again or bring him in for a visit if it's low and you thought you liked the guy. Talk to him again. For other positions, I don't really care. Yeah, I think it's something you use to kind of get to the bottom of a, a prospect. You say, okay, well, if you had a bad wonderlick, uh, why? Is it something Is it something uh, that is that can be worked around or is it something that can't? I mean, I remember there was one player one year at the Combine. This was, I think, back in like 03, who had a wonderlick of a three. Sheesh. I can't um, endorse anyone picking people based on their Wonderlick scores because if all three of us did the Wonderlick test, I would definitely get last place. <laughs> I don't know about that, Ryan. <laughs> Broncos guy 63 says, just going to throw something out there for you guys to discuss. At this point, after watching tons of clips from people on Twitter in his interview, I want Henry Ruggs on the Broncos bad. I'd be open to trading into the top 10 for him. Am I nuts? Side note, anyone that uses more than one, maybe two exclamation points, is either 60-plus or main, manic. manic. Keep up the great work. I don't think you're nuts. That's not something I'd want to do just because of the depth at receiver, but I don't think you're nuts thinking about this. It's I only definitely thought you were talking about the nuts thing, about <laughs> exclamation marks. It definitely would be. It would seem like a bad idea until Henry Ruggs was awesome and then no one would care about it. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. And he wouldn't say a comp today and who he compares to and then someone finally said Tyree Kill and he said yeah I I guess that's a fair one if he's Tyree Kill then you can't trade up high enough to get him yeah I would agree even number one Sir James Radio hey gents do you guys have any what even number one if he plays like Tyree Kill then that's worthy of a number one (laughs) I didn't hear that (laughs) yeah uh no, you I love can't Henry trade, Ruggs, but I don't. You can't trade three first round picks <laughs> no, for him. No, yeah, it's not something you do. But I'm just saying, if he plays like Tyree Kill, 
then if you're the Bengals, you could rationalize taking number one overall if you didn't need a quarterback, but you do. Oh, could you imagine if they did that? They took a receiver <laughs> instead of Joe Burrow. Uh, the early 2000s Lions would say it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, receivers number two over and over again. Sir James Radio, hey, gents, do you guys have any ridiculous food orders? Basically, I'm asking for you guys to help me feel better about my regular Subway sandwich being $20. What? Sir James, <laughs> what you've got to share? What this twenty dollars Subway? I mean, oh. do, do they have lot? Do they have lobster at Subway now? Is that I what think, this is? I think it's the twenty dollar <laughs> four foot long. <laughs> okay, here's I mean, what I'm lobster rolls ordering don't cost twenty dollars. <laughs> I'm going to guess we're going with like the um, foot long something steak like brisket thing with double meat. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like this is only getting you to like fourteen dollars. I was gonna, yeah. Do they have guac? Do they oh, have yeah, guac? guac cost? With guac, do they have it's prosciutto at Subway already? Prosciutto at Subway? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Freshly shaved, just like they do at <laughs> they Pizza Hut. wheel. <laughs> I had look. I haven't been to Subway in years because I find their sandwiches are too much bread, not enough meat. Mm. Maybe he gets double bread. Double bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two foot long. <laughs> I, I don't know, any- Sir James Reddy, how you do that. Maybe he just does quadruple meat because he thinks that the bre- <laughs> that's the only thing that can even out the bread to a... But yeah, I, I can't think of a food order I have that's on that level, spending $20 at Subway. I mean... <clears throat> when I'm on yeah. keto, I get double meat at Chipotle and guac, which gets it pretty high up there. Um, I think, But it's only like 13 Right, mm-hmm. right. Almost half the price of this Subway sandwich. Yeah, we got. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> oh wait. Oh, oh, I thought he. He. I saw he had another comment. I thought it was it. Especially when it starts with "I rarely double dip." I thought he was gonna say maybe. Oh, can you get an ajou? Ajou. <laughs> God bless you. He says I rarely double dip, but I want to know: Is anyone else a little wary of such a glowing endorsement on Drew? Oh, now we're going the other way. <laughs> All right. Wow. John just can't get it right until everything is settled. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat that this is the draft ploy. I don't get it. Just, you know what? Just enjoy the year learning about Drew Locke and whether he's the guy for the long term. That's what the 2020 season is all about when it comes down to it. Is Drew Locke the long term answer? When it comes down to a. Well, that's what they may say in LA or, or Las Vegas. I think if you. Or if, Miami. If Tom Brady signs with another team, then you can say 100% Drew's the guy. From D Wolf. Hey, guys, just subscribed for the first time. Hey. Got him. We got him. Uh, hopefully many more to come. Just wanted to say thanks for all the coverage and hope one day I'll be able to meet y'all now that I live in Colorado and I'll be able to make more games. Haven't you lived in Colorado for like nine years? And stay here, Derek. Oklahoma Bronco 58 says, hey, fellas, sorry for the novel on the last pod. Anyway, do you guys know what receivers we've had talks with at the Combine so far? I saw Ruggs and Judy, but wasn't sure if those were the only two. I know they met with Visca last night. Mm-hmm. Um... But they they I, meet with CD Lamb. I don't yeah. know. I was he was at the same time as Henry. It doesn't mean just because they haven't met with a guy doesn't mean they won't meet with a guy in the future because they've got multiple nights to take care of these interviews. I said this earlier tonight. Maybe I'm wrong for saying, or I said this earlier before we started the pod. Maybe I'm wrong for saying it, but I could care less about who they're meeting with, who they're who they're not meeting with. Uh, at at the combine, yeah, it doesn't mean anything because they meet with tons of people. So what are you gonna make? Of right, maybe the top thirty visits will be a little more revealing. Yep. From J Raider fourteen, 
RK, the owner of the Hornet on Broadway, is the biggest Wolves fan. So there's a spot you could go watch any of the games. So are you guys familiar with the spot? Yeah, the, the Hornet. Hornet. It's actually all will go together. Pretty close to my place. Mace mm-hmm. isn't too far away either. I would I, warn you, you say it's the spot to go to watch any of the games. Just watch out what spot you choose to sit in there. A car has drove through the corner of their restaurant three different times. What? Yes. Yes. Is it on a corner or something? It's, it's, it's on a corner. Yeah, and it's on Broadway. There's a lot of bars in, in that corridor. And no one, I don't think anyone's ever been hurt, but I kid you not. It's like every couple months I drive by and, you know, it's it's you know boarded up again that side of the restaurant my the, girlfriend always gets mad at me when i say this but i don't i don't i wouldn't mind getting hit by a car break a bone or two cash in on a couple hundred thousand well, well then you, why you hope it's just a, bro- a a broken bone but i mean what if you have like back problems for life because of yeah of an well, i get residuals every time i wake up with pain <laughs> I, I gotta yeah. ask though <laughs> why did you make the decision you made earlier today we're walking oh, home. So we're walking home from uh, from the convention center tonight, and we're in downtown. We're on the sidewalk, and uh, it's a one way street. So this lady in, in this car coming out of the parking lot, she's by the she's way stopped. Really quick, you guys know I have a uh, a inkling for predicting the future, right? And uh, so this lady's only looking right. Of course, we're coming from the left, and Ryan says we got to go behind this car because this lady is not going to look at us so what do we do i listen to ryan of course we go behind the car as we are behind the car <laughs> the other people behind us did not listen to ryan when in front i kid you not oh, oh my. this one person was so mad was, i've never seen and but it was the mad it was the i'm disappointed in you mad not i'm going to yell at you mad Oh my gosh! This her car was, like was an touching in- her le- his leg, for sure. <laughs> and this person just death glared at this driver. And then he was mad at us because I tried to <laughs> I tried to tell him the funny situation where I just told Zach that this was going to happen, and it was and the same death stare. He gave me the exact same look. <laughs> You're so right. I should have. Yeah. And I could have flopped it a little. Yeah, and, and the car wasn't like super nice, but it, it was one that you would have got some insurance money from it. Yeah, that was a. I don't. I don't know if I want to get hit by a sedan though. That might be like a torn ACL type of situation. Well, so what? It, you're trying to get money out of this and not get hurt? No, I want to just break a bone or two. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd rather break a bone than a ACL? I don't know. Maybe not. Seems like a bad. <laughs> I think a bone heals a lot faster than an ACL. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about Chris last year. In a sling. Yeah, yeah. All right, on to. So thanks for thanks for yeah. saving us, um, but also yeah. thanks for taking money out of my pocket. I was just worried about you because if you got hit by a car, you <laughs> still might be flying through the air. <laughs> you're you're a good friend. <laughs> uh, from just ice, hold the water. Is this you? Is this your uh, <laughs> I literally, your burner account? Wait, this person was at Starbucks because I literally asked for True. this exact thing at Starbucks. <laughs> it is. Zach got a Starbucks on our way home. Yeah. And there's no ice at our Airbnb. So I literally just brought out my water bottle and asked the woman if she could fill it with ice and no water. <laughs> that is it's weird. It's true. And what did she charge you for it? Zero. Free Very kind of her free ice. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> well, I mean, you go and buy a, b- a bag of ice at a convenience store. It's, what, like a dollar a bag or something like that? 
Yeah. Yeah. Starbucks has really good customer service. I will give them that's that. That's true. Really good customer service. They are out of something in the bathroom often. Hmm. Yeah. That, I've never yeah. noticed that. I've yeah. But it's, it's the not only place CBD I've ever infused, that so shout out Strava. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. Uh okay. Anyways, hello, just ice hold the water says, Hello everyone. After months of being a freeloader, you guys can proudly say all together, one, two, three. We, we got them. Anyway, have been listening to you guys for ages now, and I'm so freaking excited to truly be a part of this community. I know length has been an issue as of late, and I have way too many questions to ask you. Length has been an issue as of late. That's what she said. So I'll ask them over the course of some time. But when and how much do you think the Broncos and John Elway will sign Philip Lindsay for? Didn't we say three years, ten million? Fifteen, I think. Twelve, I think we said twelve. Oh, yeah. Three four, tw- yeah. yeah, ten isn't going to get it with yeah. like ten guaranteed. Like that was kind of the advantage: is smaller per year, but a lot guaranteed. Yep. Yeah, you got to get him to four million per year. And yeah, if he sorry. has a big season this year. Might be up to five or six million per year. Remember next time, Ryan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, since I'm hearing about him in high school, wait. Since hearing about him in high school, I was born and raised here, and came up, and he came up around the same time I did in high school. He's been one of my favorite players. What a great price! What's a great price for him, the team, and a respectable price that would keep him happy and wanting to be a Bronco for his entire career. I started listening since Mace came aboard, and the content has been over delivering every time. I can't say this enough. You guys are the best. Keep killing the game. Thanks, guys. Thank you for rolling with us. Really, really appreciate it. At, oh, at, absolutely. And you know what is never an issue depending on length? What? Denver Rubber Company. Ah. It doesn't matter how big or how small the rubber you want. They always provide the best quality rubber from anything. I mean, snowplow, boy, they need some rain plows out here in Indianapolis. <laughs> Denver Rubber Company can hook them up for custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, custom hoses, whatever you need, custom built, bulk, they can do it. So make sure you check out Denver Rubber Company at drcfirst.com slash dnvr or call them 1-800-259-0010 and make sure to tell them that dnvr sent you. So you know how a snow plow is just a shovel attached to a car? Yes. A rain plow, would that be a mop attached to a car? Oh, yes. Or like a squeegee? Squeegee. Oh, yeah, the squeegee. And then you can use Denver Rubber Company rubber. Oh, it's true. But how would that be any different than a snow plow? Wouldn't well, it be the same? a snow plow is like metal. This would be all rubber to just squeege. To squeegeify it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, uh, next one from Bronco Brawler. Hey, guys, quick question about Stefan Diggs and a potential trade. Knowing about his locker room drama and his criticisms of Kirk Cousins, who wouldn't criticize Kirk Cousins? Why would we want anything to do with him? He's a really good receiver, but I have no interest in the Broncos signing him because I think he would be a cancer in the locker room, which is why he's available. Just curious what you guys have to say on this because I haven't heard it talked about. Thanks, RK, Zach, and Mace. Enjoy the combine, boys. Um, To me, I just think he's sick of playing for a square. He wants <laughs> to come play for Drew Locke. <laughs> but what about this? The Broncos did just get rid of a problematic receiver on the offense would you really be interested in just bringing another one in um it's sometimes a change of scenery is all that's needed yep i i I do agree that you just you probably do want to do some research on this and make sure digging ah some shouldn't be that hard to dig because you have an offensive coordinator who coached him back in minnesota in 
2016 and 2017. True. So that that the intel you have on Stefan Diggs should surpass that you have of anybody. Yeah. And if Gary Kubiak's like, oh, he's a great guy, he'll be great for you, maybe don't listen to that. You think Gary Kubiak's throwing uh throwing bombs at him? Gary Kubiak should have had a job here until they said no. Mm. I thought it was Gary Kubiak who uh, was the stubborn one. I don't know. Okay. From Locked In, what do you guys think about this trade scenario? Trade back with the Eagles in the first round. We swap our first round picks, get their second round pick, and swap our third round pick for their first third round pick. We then trade back into the first round of the 49ers. We give them our original second round pick and the <laughs> third round pick we got from the Eagles. <laughs> so we'll end up with the 21st and 31st picks in the first round, the 53rd pick in the second round, and the 85th and 95th picks in the third round. Sounds great. I like it. Do the it. next one here. <laughs> hey, you get two guys of fifth-year options. Yep. All right. I'm fine with that. And if that still exists by the time the draft rolls around. It's true. Yeah. We'll get we'll get an answer on that. May get the answer uh, soon. There was a, it looks like there was an NFLPA meeting going on here. There could have been a record there, this. Yeah, there could have been a vote right now. So maybe you know when you're listening to this podcast already. This is true. Dun, dun, dun. Johnny G. Hey, guys, it seems this week is like drinking from a fire hose with the amount of information that's coming our way. We've, yeah, we've way literally been drinking yeah. Yeah. from a fire hose. Made from Denver Rubber Company. Hey. Very, very true. I read that the Broncos are picking up the option for Brandon McManus, which solidifies one aspect of special teams. Are punters and kickers a part of the combine? Is there anyone the Broncos have visited with? <laughs> How realistic would it be for us to draft a punter to solidify the position that has been so lackluster for so long? Keep up the good work. This is actually hilarious in that it's not meant to be disrespectful at all. It's a very legit question, but it really, truth. It yeah. really <laughs> says that punters and kickers like aren't really football players. Yeah, but they are here. Yes. In fact, they will be talking to media Wednesday morning. I can't wait for that. And yes, I advocate drafting, say, Braden Man out of Texas A&M. You don't say so. In the sixth or seventh round. To a man, you would? Yeah. Cool. To a man. Uh, from Def Wu. Wow, Derek Wolf made two accounts. <laughs> I have a quick one. If Ruggs breaks the combine record for the 40, how much will it boost his draft stock? Like John Ross, could it push him into the top 10? Or will he still be realistic at 15? One more. Did St. Elmo's live up to the hype? Okay, quickly. On- yes and yes. Rugs, he will not fall out of the top 10 if he breaks the record. Yeah, he'll go in the top 10. Easily. Uh, St. Elmo's lived up to the hype on the shrimp cocktail. I think they should rebrand as a seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. Everything I had there that had seafood in it, which was, I had a lot of things. Did you have the the, the mac and cheese? Yeah, the, so I had the, the king crab shrimp mac. cocktail, the king crab mac and cheese, and the lobster bisque. Three different types of crustaceans. And... All of it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Then I had this like chopped steak thing, which I didn't really know what it was, but it looked good and it wasn't that good. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah. Ch- but it wasn't chopped at all. It was, and then it was like oh. pushed back together. Oh, see, I just thought it was normal because they pushed it back so well. It was so big. It was literally it was huge. the size of like four fists. <laughs> <laughs> so did it make you feel? did it make you feel like a kid? Like your dad cut up your steak and then like pushed it together to make you feel like normal because then you didn't have to cut it? No. Oh. But it was kind of like a giant hamburger. That's how Without I would describe any it. any fun stuff. It had onions and cheese. Oh, in it? Uh, there was like a bed of caramelized onions underneath oh it. And then a, a cheese mm-hmm. melted on top. 
It sounds so good. It it was good. It really, sounds average. It was yeah. really rich. <laughs> it just didn't do it for me. I would have ordered more seafood instead. What's interesting is that St. Elmo's shares a kitchen with uh, Harry and Izzy's next door. And ha- basically, Harry and Izzy's is co-owned by the owners of St. Elmo's and Peyton Manning. Oh. That's a partnership they have. So you can get the St. Elmo shrimp cocktail at Harry and Izzy's. And how many shrimp do they go through a day? Thousands. Have to be, right? It reminds me. Our Uber driver coming over here. (laughs) Mace, I kid you not. We brought up St. Elmo's and we're talking about their shrimp cocktail in the Uber. And she had a lot of interesting things. things. Yeah, weird things to say. But I kid you not, she goes, oh, you got to try this one place here. I don't know, remember Ocean that. Air. Oh, Ocean Air. It's and a she, very good seafood restaurant. I've been there. But I kid you not, she holds up her hand and goes, their shrimp cocktail are this big. <laughs> and what do we talk? How do you describe that? As if she had an apple in her hand. <laughs> yes. So it's like the size of a baseball. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what she was claiming. Around. Gracious. Like, and I took it as like, that was the around thing. So, Wait, Ryan, you thought... You were thinking like this? That was the shrimp? That was the circumference. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of like, you know, using two hands to pick this thing up. <laughs> oh, she meant like, like circular. Thumb to finger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, she meant like just. <laughs> I still didn't get it today when I was talking to you about it. Now I feel stupid. <laughs> uh, Zach's out here curling shrimps. <laughs> well, maybe she's right now. Maybe I owe her an apology. Also, I know that the plural of shrimp is shrimp, but I think it's really fun to say shrimps. Shrimps. Yeah. Sh- uh, no, it's not. Only because you're tall. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, well, that's very insensitive. Reflecting like yeah. shrimps seem so cute. Very insensitive. But sorry, there's sorry. there's actually a minor league <laughs> baseball team, Double A, that is called the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Right. It's not S. They do it correctly. Yes. Mm, that's a good name. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And with Almost that, as good as the Humpback Jubs. <laughs> <laughs> Are they coming for us? Probably. <laughs> Some sirens. sirens outside. Um. So what happens if we don't get the Denver Gold in the XFL? We should be okay with the Colorado Humpback Chubs of the XFL? Yep, that's fine with me. I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, that'll be good. So we just read our last comment. Legitimately, if you would have told me there's 20 more, I would have believed it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if you told me this was a 20-comment pod. This we was just a like, good got one. into such a groove that I lost complete track of where we were. Man, yesterday was good. This one's good. Look we're a road. To we're a road team. Yeah, got oh. a great record <laughs> on the road, and we're getting How efficient we as well because even with all these comments, guys, we're going to be in under two hours. How is that even wow. possible? Well That's done, gentlemen. Wild. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us today. I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. And I appreciate you for checking out Green Mountain Dental Group, which is located in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area, and they're Colorado sports fans just like all of us. They've been a DNVR partner for seemingly forever. They show us love, so make sure you show them some love as well. Another big night for us tonight, we can only presume. we got to go get some food right now and then take to the town. We appreciate you guys for tuning in, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.